listening to The Freshman 15. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Richter, and we are incredibly lucky to have with us Dr. Will Keim. Dr. Keim has, well, an incredible resume. I've lost track of uh, how many books you've written. I also know that you've spoken to over 2 million freshmen. Exactly how many books have you written? I think that my wife I, told me recently, I think it's eight on my own and six uh, collaboratively with other people. Um, at, at my age, you know, I'm starting to need help now, Bill, so um, I'm collaborating with the young uh, rising stars that are helping me out. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing that you've written that much about the freshman experience. Probably if you look down right now, you may have one of uh, Will's books with you, especially if you were an LR freshman. You've, uh, you've got one of his books. Uh, one of the things I like to do, Will, when we have guests is to start out by asking them about their own education, where they went to school, what their degree is in. Um, can you give us a little bit about your education? Absolutely. I um, went to high school in Southern California, which, uh, as I look back on it, was a wonderful opportunity because many of the issues in terms of diversity and multiculturalism that the rest of the country is struggling with. You know, we were living next door to the Mexican-American family and the African-American family on the other side in my neighborhood. So I went to high school in Los Angeles and uh, wanted to play basketball for John Wooden. And I figured out by about, um, I think it was June of my senior year uh, after I graduated, that since Coach Wooden hadn't called, I probably uh, wasn't what he was looking for at the time, 6'2", about 150. And I think I had a bill about a 7- or 8-inch vertical. So he probably wasn't looking for that kind of center at UCLA. So I went to Plan B, which was to go to University of the Pacific in Stockton, California, uh, which is um, a Methodist-founded school. Uh, it's the oldest chartered university in California. And I went there to play baseball. I wasn't really that good at baseball, but the, the, the stars aligned, and I was able to letter four years there. Um, took my master's degree there in uh, a combination of religious studies. Uh, was blessed to study with uh, Dr. Robert Blaney, who had been a colleague of Dr. King's at Boston University, and then uh, Dr. Thomas Ambrogi, who is uh, just an incredible theology professor. Did my master's there uh, with speech communication, which I know is your field and love, right. and uh, religious studies uh, with Don Duns, and then went to Oregon State, finished a Ph.D. in higher education administration. By that time, I'd figured out that I wanted to work with students because they are so vital and hopeful and uh, you know, ready to change the world, and that's how I always wanted to be, and uh, turned down a lot of, uh, you know, lucrative opportunities to go corporate, but uh, the real action to me was always in uh, higher education. And I should point out that you are at an airport right now as we speak. Yeah, I was at uh, Cal State University San Bernardino, uh, which is in the Southern California, last yesterday, Bill. Uh, I wish you could see it. It's what the world will look like in, in uh, 25 years. They are the most diverse California State University of the 23 California State Universities. They're the most diverse, which is really saying something in California. And I looked out the last night at my audience, and I, and I really felt like I was addressing the United Nations. It was just a, a real great experience. And fly home today to watch my daughter play college softball at Linfield, which is a little Division three school. And then Sunday, you're back down to California for uh, Cal State Chico. So it's a, it's busy, but it's good. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing that you do. And one of the questions I want to ask, Will, is how did you really make this move and decide, this is what I want to do? I'm, I'm going to be full-time. I, I really want to help students. Um, I want to help freshmen. Well, I'm, I want to give you the Reader's Digest version of that because I, if I tell you the long version, you'll be weeping because I know you love what you do. Uh, teaching uh, at the uh, at the university, I was a graduate teaching assistant at, at a university which will remain nameless because uh, it's my alma mater. And I and I went to the department chairman, and I'd, I'd been the students had selected me outstanding professor of the year as a graduate student, which really didn't sit well with a lot of the tenured faculty. And I said, I want you to hire me full time. He says we can't afford you. And I said, Sir, you you can't know that you haven't made me an offer. 
I might go cheap. And he said, let, let me explain this to you. We've got classrooms full of students. We need warm bodies in front of them. And I said, what about quality? And he said, well, quality is a factor, but it's not a very big factor. And uh, Villa was the most depressing day of my entire academic life I, when I realized that they were looking at what I was doing as, at, at times as having warm bodies. So I started, uh, I had an opportunity to lecture, and I started uh, doing that, and it, and it grew and grew and grew. But it, I, I wanted to make a difference, and I, and I didn't know what I was at that time, but I knew I was more than a warm body. Right, right. And, and I think one of the things that we find at larger institutions is the fact that faculty sometime to graduate students are there almost as if they're babysitting a class as opposed to teaching it i think you're exactly right and that this is a great problem with the, and that's why i'm a big advocate of smaller liberal arts undergraduate education i mean let's face it um linfield college where my daughter goes or lenore ryan you know they davidson they can't compete with the huge schools in terms of research facilities but there's no way you can make the case for me that a kid's getting the same kind of education in a class of 2000 as he is in 20 and uh I think, you know, the students that know their professor, I mean, at small schools, they, the president eats lunch once or twice a week with the students. Uh, you know, the, the head football coach isn't the highest paid state employee at, at smaller schools. So I think there's a lot to be said for small, uh, you know, liberal arts education, be it, you know, probably like my daughter's going to Western Oregon University, which is only five, it's a state university, but it's only 5,000. And it really operates like like a uh, like a small liberal arts school even though know, and the professors all have terminal degrees and all that but um, if people in this country really knew that they're paying the same amount of money for somebody who is a TA with a BA getting an MA as they are somebody with a PhD I think they'd raise hell though I think so too um, tell you what we're gonna take a really quick break and when we get back I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about your um, recommendation for freshmen you bet. Welcome back. You're listening to the Freshman 15 with our very special guest on the phone today, Dr. Will Keim. Will, I know that a lot of what you write about deals with service, leadership, character. Um, they all play a big part. Can we talk about these? Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my, my first initial readings in character uh, were at University of Pacific, uh, Dr. Martin Boober. Uh, who was a was a Hasidic Jew? Uh, uh, he called himself a philosophic anthropologist, but you know he wrote that education, worthy of the name, is essentially the education of character. He said to educate character, we do not need moral geniuses, but we do need men and women deeply committed to the creation of authentic interpersonal relationships with students that prepare them to leave campus and go into the world and create genuine human community. That 1971, it knocked me off my chair, and I realized that's what education is. You know, it can be math geology, science, music, art, uh, social work. But in reality, those are just the vehicles uh, with which we are teaching this to be men and women of character. And that means that they say what they mean, they do what they say, and when they, they admit it, that they narrow the gap between their rhetoric and their reality. And uh, what, I, what I like to think I'm doing right now is teaching students to make character-driven decisions, uh, that they practice character-driven decision-making um, using an ethical model that um, I was blessed to hear Dr. J. Wesley Robb of the University of Southern California deliver in his farewell address to the Order of Omega. And I went up to him afterwards. I said, Dr. Robb, that's the best model I've ever, I've ever heard of. And he said, it's yours. Take it. I'm retiring. And I said, well, I can't really steal your ethics model. And he goes, good. You were paying attention. But um, this model, uh, Bill, is a beautiful thing where before people act, they ask themselves four questions. Why am I doing this? Is it legal? What are the consequences? And is this behavior consistent with my moral principles? And, at the East, and Dr. Rob said, I'm condensing 5,000 years of ethics into a four-step model. What is the motive? Why am I doing it? Is it legal? 
What could happen as a result? And is this consistent with who I see myself to be? And those really have been the cornerstones of my teaching. And, you know, I think if you look at what's going on in the world today, that this is part of the big problem. It's that people aren't acting as if they're ethical and, and that they're not acting with a strong character. Absolutely. I know you know this, and that in, in my volunteer life, I, I am a campus minister for the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, and for the people that don't know that denomination, you know, Texas Christian University is kind of our big flagship, but we support eight uh, seminaries and 18 colleges, including Chapman College. Um, we, we support Culver Stockton, Bethany, um, Drury, and a number of, of schools around the country, but, um, you know, 5% of the ministers in this country have sexually abused children, Bill, and that's a self-reported study. That's not the American Associate of Atheists criticizing us. That's our own research. 5% of the, of the ministers in this country have sexually abused children. Again, a, a terrible ethical, you know, character, you know, amoral, character-less amoral decision. Um, buildings fall down because, you know, contractors cut. Um, there, a man went to jail today uh, in the paper for swindling, you know, $60 billion from people, including money that he stole from Ailey Wiesel, the Holocaust survivor and the, and the author of, of Night and Day. For goodness sakes, Bill, it's got to stop. But the students can't wait for the people in their state capitol or Washington, D.C. even. They've got to start stepping up and, and being faithful in their relationships with their boyfriends and girlfriends. Tell, if the coach tells them to run 20 sprints, they run 20. Don't, t- don't tell them they ran 20 on 18. If they tell you, Bill, they're going to get a paper in on Wednesday, get the paper in. Ethical decision-making starts in a day-to-day behavior, and, and then it becomes a habit and consistent. And then we're in a lot better situation in our country and the world. And I think that's incredibly important. And, and one of the lessons that we get out of that is that, especially as freshmen, it's not too late, and you're going to be the leaders of tomorrow, so you're the ones that are going to be making the changes and leading us where we need to be, and um, basically we need somebody to guide us. Exactly, exactly. And, I, you know, I, I, keep, I was telling the students last night, I spoke to a group of student-athletes, and uh, uh, one of the, the stories I've been telling recently that I, I came across that I like, my, my daughter's boyfriend, um, I have trouble not calling my son-in-law because I, I remain hopeful. Um, but my, my daughter's boyfriend plays college baseball at Linfield College, and he plays for a guy named Scott Brosius, who you may remember as the uh, MVP for the World Series for the New York Yankees. Right. Scott came back to his college. It's a Division three school because he wanted to give something back. He's a man of faith. He, he's a character-driven man. So he came back and said, I'd like to help out. And he helped for a year, and the head coach said, look, why don't, why don't you coach and I'll assist you? Uh, which I think is a great uh, was a great deal of humility for Coach Carnahan and and wonderful for the players. Well, you know Scott Brocious, MVP of the New York Yankees. Do you know what he hit his freshman year though? He hit 188 his freshman year at Division Three. His sophomore year, he was all the way up to 220, and then never gave up on himself. Never thought it was too late. Knew that you can teach old dogs new tricks, and winds up uh, standing with the MVP trophy in in the World Series of Major League Baseball. Uh, that ought to give anybody hope, especially those students who've made some mistakes, who've been bounced around, been taken advantage of. Anything that doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And the day that the students realize that those, those things that seem so bad can be used as tools to build a masterpiece, boy, we're really going to have something going. Well, we're going to take uh, one more quick break, and when we come back, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about service and also leadership. All right. Welcome back. You're listening to the Freshman 15, a very special edition of the Freshman 15, because we have Dr. Will Keim, one of the leading experts in the country about being a freshman. But not only that, but also about some of the things that you can do to help build character. Um, Two of the things that you write about 
are service and leadership. Why are those important, and how can students work on their own service and leadership? You know, it's funny that people, uh, unlike yourself and myself, who are blessed with working with students all the time, they, they read the papers and they go, oh, what's wrong with this generation? You know what? Uh, and this is backed up by a study uh, out of UCLA, the Center for Institutional Research. This generation of college students has done more community service than any other generation that's ever gone to college. This, the, and, of course, the critics will go, well, yeah, but it, they had to for, you know, to get graduation credit. You know what? A homeless man doesn't care whether you give him a sandwich because your heart is golden or because you're not a community service requirement. He eats the sandwich. This, this generation of students is very giving. And services important because every time a student helps somebody eat a sandwich not out of a garbage can, they're not going to bitch about dining hall food. Uh, every time they put a blanket over somebody, um, all of a sudden their room in the residence hall is going to look a lot better. So sir, I don't think the students will ever give more than they receive in the act of service. And leadership um, is a fancy word. A lot of people say, well, I, I can't be a leader. You know what word I really wish we'd focus on, Bill, and that's contributorship. That, you know, you, sometimes you can't be a leader, or maybe you don't have the skills or maybe you have the opportunity, but you can be a contributor every day. And then out of the pool of regular contributors will emerge the leaders. I wish we'd work on that word, contributorship. I love that. that that's wonderful. Well, I wish we had more time, but our time is up. As I've said many times, thank you. Thank you, my friend. It's been great talking to you. Um, have safe travels, and I'll uh, be talking to you again soon. You've been listening to The Freshman 15. Our engineer-producer has been Josh Featherstone. Theme music is by the artist Moby. You can learn more about today's topic and our show at the website fresh15.lr.edu. There you can find useful links, read bios of our guests, and even enter our weekly contest. The Freshman 15 is produced at Lenore Ryan University. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Richter. Thanks for tuning in.